0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearcchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We were talking, about, we started a, a, a series last week called The Peace Process and started talking about the peace of God. I grew up with a verse that was, for me, a very well known verse. It was uh, in Philippians, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now, what we've done oftentimes is taken that scripture and we've looked at it, just kind of pulled it out and looked at it and said, here's this thing we can do. We, we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be nervous that we can we can trust God. And, and, and by the way, I, I used to be what I would call extremely high strung. And, but we're, but we're talking about development. And I, I, I used to be, man, I'd, I'd, I'd lay down at night as a young person, and my mind would spin, I would stay up just worrying and thinking and worrying and thinking. I grew up in a family where my mom was a, was a world-class worrier. And uh, she, she trained me well. <laughs> and, um, and so worrying and being anxious, but I, I can tell you, it, it's not nearly, is prevalent in my life now. You say, well, it's because you got older. <laughs> Getting older doesn't make you necessarily get better. Yeah. Yes. I know some old people that are pretty, pretty wound pretty tight. So being old doesn't, <laughs> older, I'm not old, but being <laughs> older. Why are you laughing? I, uh, <laughs> hey, listen, let me, t- let me tell you. Now I'm I'm just going to let you go with that one, all right? But we don't have to be there. And and we can learn the peace process. I keep keep hearing so much about mental health, guys. And um, I I really think what we're not talking about as a church enough is the fact that there is spiritual health as well. And that spiritual health will impact your mental health. And the peace of God is something that is spiritual. Now, in in 1 Thessalonians, this is not in your notes. I'm going to go off script here just for a second because I want you to catch this. Hopefully the light's good enough I can read this thing. Here it is. It's 1 Thessalonians, it's 5.23. "May, May the God of peace himself sanctify or separate you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's something, and maybe you've heard this before, and if it is, it's good, good to remind ourselves. We are, are considered a tripart individual. We're made up of, we're a spiritual being. We have a soul, we live in a body. Our spirit being is, and if you've ever been to a funeral and you look at a body that's lying in the casket, there's no life in it. It's because the spirit's not there. And so... There's there's a spiritual being, the the Bible refers to, and you just look at the Bible refers to it as the inner man, the hidden man of the heart. But but there's the, the spiritual being. When you make Jesus your Lord, that's the part of you that gets born again, becomes a new creation. So there's the spiritual being. There's a soul, and the soul is is the mind, the will, the emotions. But they're very connected. And this is where I think some of the challenges. Some people thought where we're only a brain and a body. No no no. And, and this is where psychology has a hard time they keep looking for it they call it the unconscious they call it the uh, Freud had a word for it and I forgot whether the, is it the super it or something he kept looking for the spirit because there's something in man that tells us that we are eternal beings and so there is a there's a spiritual part that is connected to the soulish part that's connected to your body and that's the body easiest part to recognize But here's the thing. We keep talking about mental health, mental health, the soul, the emotions. all that. Is that real? Yes, it's real. But here's what no one's mentioning. The stronger we are spiritually, that's going to impact our mental and soulish and emotional realm. And And so this is why I don't think we're wasting time in here on Wednesday nights. I don't think you wasted time by showing up here. I don't think you waste time by watching online. I think the stronger we get spiritually, we're going to be able to push away some of the idea. Listen, don't just, I know everyone's pushing mental health, mental health. Listen, as a a believer, you have access to strong mental health. And I believe we can be the ones who are telling the world out there, it doesn't have to be drugs. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to take something. There's There's an epidemic of that going on. And we need to say, hey, we've got some answers and it'll help you. But what we're telling people is, it's not just focusing on the mental part. We need to get strong spiritually. So last week, we, so in the peace of God, we're talking about that peace of God. We understand, okay? We got, I got three parts here. It's, if I'm stronger in my spirit, that's going to impact my soul. The, the spirit and the soul are so connected. The Bible said the only thing that can divide it is God's word. And so they're just, it's just, it's, it's so connected. But I can, I can just tell you from, from years of this. The stronger you are spiritually, the greater your capacity to walk in the peace of God. So, Alan, mental health issues have been in my family. Let me tell you something. When you get born again, you get part of a new family. And as part of the new family, you're going to have the capacity to walk. So all I'm saying is, I'm not saying deny mental health issues. What I'm saying is don't stop there. Don't stop and go, well, I did. And someone looks at you, well, you've got mental health problems. You need to go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not the end. What you're telling me is not the end result here. I can get stronger in this. And you can get stronger in the peace of God. You can get stronger. I was someone that, that dealt with with depression on and off for years. I grew up that way. My family was that way. My family had what they called... They just called it bad moods back in the 60s and 70s. We didn't have any other names for it. It was just like, oh, they're, they're in a bad mood. What's wrong with Mama? She's in a bad mood. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of meant my family, like, all hell could bust loose, but if you're in a bad mood, we all understood. And it was a bad... But what happened is my family yielded to... to, to really what they did was they yielded to depression. Now, both of my parents are in heaven. I'll sort it out with them when I get there. But... Um, <laughs> Both of my parents yielded to depression. They called it bad moods, but it was just depression. I mean, you can look back on that. that's clinical. It was depression. But they yielded to it. Well, what happens is you grow up in a family like that. That's how you learn to operate. How many of you know you, you have found yourself doing things that your parents did, and you don't have no, no idea why you're doing that? You're like, dear Lord, what, where did I get that? Well, you grew up that way. A lot more is caught than taught. You catch things. And so for years, I learned, I just learned to yield. And I'd, I'd go through times. My college friends were like, uh-oh, Alan's in one of his moods again. And so Alan was moody. Alan was depressed. Alan was up and down. say, so, wow, and you're our pastor? <laughs> I never laid claims to being perfect. I do lay claims to being redeemed. Yes. I do lay claims that God has helped me my wife will tell you my staff will tell you i'm not a moody person now at all and that's a blessing but what's what i've learned is i don't have to give into it i don't have to yield so listen to me please on the mental health thing i think we need to address it i think we need to look at it but i think one of the things as believers we have to understand is we can learn to resist it and not give into it so you could for those of you who understand depression know that You know when it's coming. You can sense it. And uh, when you learn to do some things that can resist it, I'm going to promise you, you can live free from this. And it's a a blessing to live free. Now, if you're out there thinking, well, I don't have any issues. And, you know, I'm just not, I'm not like that. Well, you have other problems. (laughs) Everybody's got something going on. I say well, and if you think you're perfect, you be careful. They crucify the only perfect one. You don't. You don't want to go there. There's only one perfect. The rest of us are all works in progress. But thank God we can make progress. And thank God we don't have to yield to everything, and we don't have to buy everything that comes down the pike. Well, you're going to be this way for the rest of your life, says who? You need. To, you need to challenge some of the things that come your way and go. Well, you know, grandma was this way and your mama was this way. You're going to be this way. Time, Sparky. Who says? Who says? You could, could, well, it's a family curse. No, when you got saved, you got redeemed from the curse of the law. There is no family curse on your life. That was free. But I just, just felt impressed to go along that way. We're talking about peace. Last week we talked about standing fast in the Lord. What I'm I'm saying is this, our our spiritual health and our relationship with the Lord and our mental health and our our whole well-being is connected to our relationship with the Lord. And so this is not something where we put it on on Sunday or Wednesday, we walk out of here and then we live our life. This is something that becomes part of our life. And as it becomes a part of our life, it becomes a, a, a strong part of our life and it begins to change us. And some things that uh, we talked about last week were standing fast in the Lord. And I'm not going to have time to really go into that. We, we make everything available online. I would encourage you to read because we really talked about some good things online. I want to hit one thing tonight. I want to talk about the rejoicing connection to this. Philippians 4.4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let me just talk about that a little bit tonight because that's, that's a powerful thing. Why are most people glad? If you just run across somebody and you see they're glad, uh, two things basically have happened something good has happened to them or for them, or they're expecting something good. Both of these are, are based on externals, they're conditional. You see someone and they're like, they're happy. And you're like, man, why are you so happy? And you're like, oh man, I just got a new car and I'm just, I'm, I'm happy. Or you see someone and they're, they say, man, you seem pretty, you seem pretty glad today. Why are you glad? Well, we're, gonna, we're going on vacation next week and I, I just can't wait to go. So those are externals. But a lot of times people are glad that. Now Paul is, is talking and, and he writes, he said, he said, we're to rejoice in the Lord. Our reason for rejoicing is in the Lord. Now, we're not instructed to rejoice for no reason. This is a position of faith. And I want to talk just a little bit about rejoicing what that means. We believe something good has happened to us in Christ. And you book you know, we say it around here all the time, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So we believe something good has happened and we're expecting something good. This is a this is a position of faith. Um, this is not necessarily a feeling. Now, this is where the rejoicing gets, gets to be interesting. And, and the Bible talks about rejoicing. It talks about it a lot. But rejoicing in the Lord, what does that mean? It means we're rejoicing in what has been done for us in Christ. What he has done for us, in us. Now, a, a few weeks ago, I talked about in Ephesians. In fact, we sang some of it tonight. I talked about some things. And if you could put that up there in Ephesians. Remember this verse we talked about, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we could say, we're blessed. He chose us in him. We sang that song tonight, which is a great song. Chosen. Chosen in him before the foundation of the world. We should be holy without blame before him and love having predestined us to adopt him. We're adopted as son by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the blood. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So, right there, we could stop and we could say, Lord, I just, I want to rejoice that I, I am, I'm chosen in you, I'm blessed in you, I'm forgiven, I'm, I am adopted, I'm your child. And that becomes, I'm rejoicing in that. See, the Bible doesn't say rejoice, just rejoice in the Lord. It, it, and, and not, In other words, rejoice, I don't have to wait for something external to happen to me to rejoice. In other words, I can rejoice in the Lord. I can rejoice in what Jesus has done for me. Now, this is different thinking because most of us haven't grown up rejoicing. You didn't grow up in a home. go, well, you got plenty of reasons to rejoice. Let's rejoice. So most of us didn't grow up that way. And so... Rejoicing is going to be something different, and yet there are benefits you know, associated. I, I would suggest find some go-to scriptures that you know that you can rejoice in. And I'm, I'm going I'm to show you a little bit of how to do that. I, I have I, I put together little rhymes. Sometimes they'll come to me I'll, during a time of prayer and and uh, teach them to, we talk to the staff. Uh, one of them is, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I walk by faith and not by sight. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thanks be to God who gives me the victory. Just a little rhyme that helps me remember those. So that's a go-to. Now In the morning, when I get up, one of the first things I say is, "Um, this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's one of the first things I say, first thing coming out of my mouth is that. Not, oh God, it's morning. (laughs) <laughs> and, and then a lot of times I'll go right into that I am, I'm, I'm getting coffee I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might that's Philippians 4.13 I walk by faith and not by sight 2 Corinthians 5.7 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me oh, I'm sorry that's Philippians 4.13 strong in the Lord and the power of his might is Ephesians 6.10 thanks be to God who gives me the victory 1 Corinthians 15.57 uh, So, they're all scripture, but they're go to scriptures, and they can help you begin to rejoice. Now, again, the Bible repeats itself when it says rejoice. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord, and then he gives us the frequency of when we're supposed to be rejoicing. He says, always. Sometimes I want to look up Greek words just to make sure I understand what the Greek words mean on that. So, I looked up this Greek word, it's pantote. I looked it up, the pantote, Greek word for always. Do you know what it means? It means always, always. <laughs> Sometimes Greek does no good to help you, but it means always and it and it all the time. Right. And so rejoicing always, all the time. Now if you stop and think about that, let, let's talk about mental health for something. If you're rejoicing always, all the time, you don't have time to be depressed. So rejoicing always, all the time, in fact that's a consistent message. And um, in 1 Thessalonians, don't put it up yet. We're gonna memorize the scripture tonight. You ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Somebody, anybody have ever anybody ever have problems memorizing scripture? Okay? You can do this one. Ready? Throw it up there. There it is. Rejoice always. You got that. You got that. You can do that. That's only that's only just about nine, just a few letters longer than Jesus wept. It is one of the shortest ones in there. Rejoice always. There you go. You're walking out here going, I learned a scripture tonight. Yes, you did. You, you memorized one, but rejoice always. Here's the challenges to rejoice. Not understanding what it means to rejoice in the Lord. A low valuation of what has been done for us in Christ. We don't, we don't know what's been done or maybe we haven't valued it. We just, here's the big one. We just don't feel like rejoicing. That's a real—that's a reality, isn't it? I mean, if you ask yourself right now, do I feel like rejoicing? Your feelings will go, nope. It's, it's, a, different, it's a different thought. It's a different mindset. Romans, Romans 8, 6 says this. Be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death or separated from God, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To rejoice always is a spiritual mindset. Now, let me help you with that. I think we need to take a look at sometimes at spiritual things and instead of looking at them as a win-lose thing, we need to look at them as a way of practicing. Right. And, and Instead of going, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord and then you, you try and you feel awkward and you give up. You say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to practice. I grew up in North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina is uh, a big uh, basketball state. They love basketball. They've won numerous between North Carolina and Duke and NC State. They've won numerous national championships in my lifetime in basketball, college basketball. They have won zero in football. <laughs> and when I came to Texas, I realized Texas is a football state. But I grew up in a basketball state. And when I grew up, from, a, I mean, little guys play basketball in North Carolina. And so I, I grew up shooting a basketball. When, when I first learned to shoot a basketball, I would shoot a basketball from down here. And it was just, you know, like a two-handed set shot. I'm just trying to get it to the hoop. So I'm you know, throwing it up. Throwing it up. I love basketball. I'm, I'm shooting from down here. I got pretty good. But I would go to basketball camps. My parents were very gracious, and they would send me to basketball camps sometimes in the summer. And in basketball, the camp say, if you ever wanted to play basketball, you ever want to be good in basketball, you can't shoot from here, because unless you're like seven foot ten, someone is going to stick that ball right in your face when you try to (laughs) shoot it. All you got to do is just take your hand out. So if you, if you play basketball, you have to learn to take the basketball and shoot it above your head. This is, I, stay with me here, all right? Say, so what, what's this got to do with rejoicing? A lot. You say, why? Well, here's the deal. Because when you go from here as a little kid to taking it over here, it feels funny. It feels awkward and, you, you do it, and the ball goes everywhere and it, it, looks, it looks stupid, and you, and you can't get the ball in the hoop, and, and you're thinking, this isn't working. But here's what I believed. I believed that if I learned to shoot above my head, it would pay off because I wanted to play basketball. So I worked through the awkward. I pushed past the awkward. When you start rejoicing in the Lord, you're going to, it feels, that's exactly right, it feels awkward. Like, praise you, Lord, because I'm chosen. Praise you, Lord, because I'm forgiven. Hallelujah, I'm blessed. And you're like, this ain't working. And it feels funny. We have to, all, listen, we have to be willing to push past awkward and push past uncomfortable. How many athletes and trainers do I have in here? If you're an athlete and trainer, do you tell your clients to push past uncomfortable? Yes. Yeah. Or you'll go nowhere. Yes. So here's what we believe. We believe that the Bible tells us to rejoice always. Remember, we just learned that scripture. Yes. And, and, and it tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul repeated himself. And again, I say rejoice. Then if we're thinking from a spiritual mindset, then what we believe is that rejoicing is good for us. It will pay off in our life. So here's what here's what you have to be willing to do: just practice, just practice. Now I don't suggest practicing in front of everybody around you. (laughs) Not in front of your spouse. And if you're doing it in front of your spouse, and they let you need to have you need to say no, no. Here's the deal: this is a laugh-free zone. If I'm rejoicing, you need to be quiet. You may not say anything. We're not trying to bear. But I, I would suggest doing it by yourself. Just rejoice. you got time in the car. you got time by yourself. And just begin to have some scriptures that you can go to. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a new creation in Christ. Thank you, Lord, I'm rejoicing. You can sing songs. That's, that's good. You can't always have music playing. So you can just learn. But you can, if, you, if you take a look at it from practicing, guess what happens? If you practice it, you'll get better at it. If you practice it, it starts to become or it flows out of you. And you can get to the place where you're like, Lord, I want to thank you. I just rejoice in you. I want to thank you that I'm blessed. I want to thank you that I'm in Christ. And because I'm in him, Jesus has been made into me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I'm redeemed from the curse. I'm set apart for you. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Lord, I want to thank you that your wisdom is available to me because of what you've done for me in Christ. I am blessed. I am not cursed. I refuse to be down. I refuse to be upset. I rejoice in you. I rejoice. You say, you do that because you're a preacher. No, I do that because I've practiced. This will work for anybody. Paul didn't say, all you preachers rejoice. <laughs> the rest of y'all figure it out. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So here's the benefits. It is adopting a spiritual mindset, which is life and peace. Mental health. Let me tell you something about mental. health. If you're rejoicing, you are not going to be depressed. That's right. That's it is a good way to resist depression, because you know, depression starts to come on you, and the and the feelings start, and the feelings and the thoughts start to go dark. And before they do, catch them and stop and say, "No, Lord." I want to thank you. These dark thoughts are not coming from you. I rejoice in you. I rejoice in what Jesus has done for me. I rejoice in the freedom that I have and the light that I am. a child of light. I am not a child of darkness, and darkness has no place in me. If you, can, if you begin to resist it and push back on it, I'm telling you, you can, you can come through this. You say, well, how do you know? Because I've, I've lived on that street. I've been down that road. And I'm telling you, I've been depressed and I've lived in and out of depression for years and I have lived free from depression for years. Free is better. You say, well, you're free from depression because you don't have any problems. (laughs) Oh, you're right. I don't. I, I don't have any problems. I have grown children, large church, grandchildren, nothing, nothing. I have no problems whatsoever. My life is just like... (laughs) If you think I live in a different category than you, then you won't won't take seriously what I'm saying. If you think I have some kind of avenue to God that you don't have, that you won't take seriously what I'm saying. But if you realize that Jesus leveled the playing field and the only difference between me and you is the job function that I have and the ability to express it, Then you realize, hey, if he did it, I can do it. If he got free, I can get free. If he lives free from it, I can get free. Because the Bible applies to you, not to preachers. It's to everybody. You've heard me say this before. I don't come before the Lord and go, Lord, it's Alan, the pastor. Oh, and the Lord goes, oh, Alan, the pastor, move to the front of the line and I'll be glad to... It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The Bible said God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't doesn't play favorites. I'm not his favorite. Joy is not his favorite. I did not blaspheme, but joy is not his favorite. All of us are his favorites. That would be something to rejoice about just in itself. Lord, I am so glad I am your favorite. You can say that, and he's not going to go, hush your mouth. (laughs) He's going to go, that's right. I paid an awesome price for you, my child, my son, my daughter. You are a favorite of mine in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Would you bow your head for a moment? Father, thank you that you have designated and designed us to live in freedom, And to walk in freedom, Father, I thank you and pray for those who deal with depression, who deal with mental health issues. And I thank you, Father, that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And I thank you for the freedom that you're revealing to them in Christ. Thank you for that. We appreciate the fact that mental health is not a death sentence to us, and it's not the end. But you have something to say about it, and we agree with you. Teach us to rejoice in Christ, in the freedom, in our inheritance, and in all that belongs to us in Jesus. And Lord, we appreciate that. Give you all the praise. Central bowed eyes are closed. If you came this evening, or you're watching online, and you said, you know and Alan, I don't have a relationship. I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life, but I'd like to do that. Or maybe you're saying, "I've, man, I, I used to know the Lord. I used to walk with him, and I got away from him. But I want to come back. We're going to say a very simple prayer. But if you want in, this, this prayer is for you. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. And one thing only. If that's you that I'm talking to tonight, and you're here in the auditorium, would you just acknowledge that, say, Alan, I won't in on your prayer. Would so you slip your hand up real quick and say, that's me that you're talking to. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Great. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you're watching online. You can pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. This is something that that's available, it's so simple. We're not trying to embarrass anyone, but this is for you. So pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray with you out loud. Say, dear God, dear God I, know I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You and God raised you from the dead. Right now, right now. I confess you is my Lord, is my, my, my Savior, is the one who forgives me, who forgives me and restores me. And restores. Thank, you, thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. Past is forgiven. I, have I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ, creation in Christ because, I've yes because I've said yes to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. What a marvelous thing to step out of spiritual darkness into your light or to come back home. Father, we rejoice with them. Father, thank you for strengthening us and teaching us. Thank you that this week, we're going to practice rejoicing in you. And we can all get better at it. And we'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.